Delaney. And it's Katie, and this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in the background. <laughs> I wasn't to get that out. I was like, what's the name of this show? Hey, I was about to say, it sounded, look, he sounded like classically black, but I was like, because that's what it was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to let that ride. Hopefully, that's not the first listen, because it's now they're like girl I listen to Caskley Black Podcast <laughs> what there was something else I was editing or I was going through I forget but it was something else you said oh yeah Black Excellence yeah. I, I did not say Excellence <laughs> yes, yes you did because I remember you were like Black Excellence you were like okay let me sit up because <laughs> <laughs> you were laying down <laughs> But I, and I don't know what be happening. That's why I don't really like recording in my bed. But after I started, I can't stop. So in that one, we did that one blooper reel. This was the first year since 2018, and you was like plastically packed podcast. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> some of these words just be giving me. I don't have a. I don't have a stutter necessarily. I would never. I don't. I wouldn't say that. But like, I just cannot. I my brain moves faster than my mouth, so it's like I cannot. I be trying to get everything out at once. Mm-hmm. That be happening to me every every now and then. Not not very often, but every now and then, it'd be like yeah. I have to backtrack, slow down, and the word yeah. will come out. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was doing. It was either, <clears throat> it was either I was doing something for Katie makes it vegan, or I was doing something for ISBM. I don't remember, and I had to be like slow down. And I got it out, like, cause I just be like, <laughs> like that, like that dude from. Uh, I knew Wild you were Wars. gonna say that. I knew you were gonna say him. <laughs> Donnie, that's his name. Donnie. I knew you what were gonna show. say him. <laughs> Literally, I, I he sounded like. He sound like I need to do a sobriety test. All right. So the news this week. Um, Keeping it short and sweet as always. Um, as always, so short, okay. so long, so so long. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> uh, so there's been a couple of shifts in the board of the Gateways Music Festival. You know, we stand them. Um, they have just elected a new chair of their board of directors, a soprano Kirsten Piper Brown. Um, okay. I know. Period. She'll um she'll start her term on January first, twenty twenty one, as chair of the board. There's also been um some movement in the in their board and other capacities. You know, friend of the show who's never been on the show who needs to be on the show, Alex Lang. Um, if you don't know, oh yeah, yeah. If you don't know, uh, Alex Lang, he's the principal clarinetist of the Phoenix Symphony. Um, but he is now. Uh, vice chair of the board of gateways music festival and he's been involved uh, in the festival in a number of ways in the past so excited for him to serve in this new capacity um (laughs) okay y'all so pulling over (laughs) pulling over because this always gets me so we were in a meeting we were in a zoom meeting with alex for something else that we were doing that we were both doing and but we were also we wanted to connect about something else else that we were both doing and so alex privately messaged me and katie separately because you know you can't do that group thing and so i responded to his private message so i didn't know he all right you ain't gotta do all that (laughs) no i'm trying to tell the story because i didn't know that he had messaged you too Mm. (laughs) and so then this message comes in (laughs) Katie to all participants. Hey, Alex. It's like, 
And it's like, okay, yeah, she messaged, she messaged everybody, big deal. It was the moment, because the people who were presenting or whatever, they were okay. presenting. They were just talking. But, like, the people who were over the thing we were doing were talking in the moment where everyone paused. Mm-hmm. And you could see everybody look down at the chat and then look back up, like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That, I had to turn my camera off. I had to. Okay. <laughs> Because it was so funny because Katie, then Katie made matters worse by texting me the clown emoji, which then subsequently sent me over the edge. (laughs) People don't notice about me. I can go through this random bouts of being an old person. Like sometimes I'm pretty okay with technology. Every week Delaney and I switch back and forth between editing every once in a while. You know, I put a little video on my channel. That's not true. Yeah, Twice once a week in a while. Edit- <laughs> <laughs> Twice a week I edit video. Uh, um, not all, but a lot of the stuff for Classically Black I do in collaboration with Delaney. So, but every once in a while, I just can't figure it out. And it's like, that's a, a clear moment. Like, I just be, I'm working on a project with Amare, and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to print out this whole document. She's like, okay. He was like, something rule. Like, okay, Aunt Shirley. Like, or something okay. rule. <laughs> Because it's like I want to write it down. <laughs> I want to write it up. Oh my god! Oh my god! That was so. It was. Bro. It was hilarious. At least it wasn't anything bad, you know. Oh yeah, because in zombie Loki setting you up, how it's like you gotta select, and then sometimes it be switching yes. over. Yeah. Because like if he messaged you privately, it should have had. I think for it you to automatically, yeah. it set me up. I mean, I could have read it, but I was just like confident. You know what I'm saying? Because there'd be some other but, people know, private messages that stuff. Been, <laughs> let's just say there are a couple people that if if it was imp- instead it would have been over for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about the one. I'm thinking about the same person you think mm-hmm. about. Because yeah, it, it would have been over. But yeah, Zoom be setting you up. And I remember when at the beginning of when everybody started using Zoom at the beginning of the uh, quarantine. Um, people were like, oh, they can see your private messages, but that's actually not true. I hope y'all know that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see the private messages that you, if you are the host of the meeting, you can see private messages that you sent or have been sent to you, but you can't see other people's private messages. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because that would be, what, what is the point of calling it private? Yeah. Like when you get the transcript of the chat, because I've gotten the transcript of the chat before mm-hmm. and it don't show. But, um, Okay. The way Skype fumbled the bag on this whole Zoom situation, they should be ashamed of themselves. When I said my teacher loyal to Skype though, because we do our lessons over Skype. Well, sorry, they do their lessons over Skype. I'm not in the number anymore, so. Not to play with my emotions though. Sis, who I had to send my recital to at the office, who's collecting everybody's virtual recitals, was like, oh, "When did you send it? Because I didn't get." I was like, "No, no, no." <laughs> what you not gonna do it was in her spam folder but by that time my teacher had already seen it because when he didn't get it from her and they told him they didn't have it i just dropped it in the google drive because i was like what we're not gonna do is this right (laughs) the concert office days man they low-key be doing too much like like the recital lottery i don't don't miss that at all i mean i think i mean we'll see how it goes because i asked you just pick your recital day that was it well um last but not least on the i mean not in the news period but in the gateways thing uh the last um new shift in the board is tony marie montgomery who is uh the dean of the the school of music at northwestern uh she's going to be serving as the secretary of the gateways board i was like come on come on black woman dean yeah mr taylor told me about her 
Period. I saw her at one of the gateways sessions that she was that she was um facilitating. Um. Okay, but last but not least, in in news, this relates to what we're talking about this week. Kwanzaa, our friend of the show, Garrett McQueen. I mean, you know what? I'm not even gonna do this. I'm not even gonna go into how booked and busy Garrett's been because y'all know y'all seen his face everywhere. Um, but he will be like. doing a Sounds of Kwanzaa a radio broadcast on a couple of networks: WXXI, WUOT, KVNO, and WUOL. Um, there are also gonna be links that I'll include in the description and also on Garrett's social profiles that will um allow you to listen to his broadcast if you are not in the areas um that those that those are radio uh channels are are broadcasted so i mean if you never heard one of garrett's broadcasts i mean what are you doing garrett is famous actually and it's like an appropriate amount of fame because like he doesn't get mauled at target but the accolades and the prestige and the repute that part is incomparable so quite quite literally quite literally so i'm gonna send him you know what i'm gonna do on his birthday i'm gonna print out that um that uh WikiHow article on how to handle fame on some good paper like on some like some cardstock i'm gonna frame it i'm gonna send it to him Period. so he can read it every morning not taking it out the frame man. <laughs> <laughs> i put nikki hung up the phone. every once in a while nikki gets tired of me and she hangs up the phone i don't know why i'll be, I'll be innocent but i was reading that article on how to handle fame yesterday because i i commented something on the twitter feed and it got like 200 likes so i was i mean that part that is fame for twitter that is but i'm actually irritated because guess what my comment was two skulls <laughs> that's it huh that's it what'd you say yeah that's hilarious so my moment not this being my moment not you know, not, not, not that being your pin tweet <laughs> I had a tweet about Krayshawn that got a lot, a lot, a lot of um, engagement. I'm like, dang, I should have pinned that. But actually, I really like the tweet that I have pinned right now. So I'm scared to go look. So I'm going to leave that alone. It's very hilarious. But anyway, that's my news. All right, y'all. So this week's episode is a bit out of order in how we normally do it. Because we're talking about Kwanzaa this week. So we're going to explain the background and the days of Kwanzaa. Then we have some pieces that we believe um, embody each day of Kwanzaa. Which would be technically the intermission. And then we're going to have a little discussion after. It's going to be real cute. Okay, so let's hang on. Okay, so let's talk about Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa is a holiday that's celebrated from December 26th to January 1st. It was founded by black power activist <laughs> Milana Karenga in 1966. The name derives from the Swahili phrase Matunda Ya Kwanzaa, meaning first fruits. Uh, they added a second A so it could be seven letters for the seven days. These festivals represent um, the Southern solstice and it inspires African-Americans to connect with their culture and restore unity. African-Americans did not want to replace Christmas, but in the late 1960s, black churches started to embrace it. So it took off in the the 1970s as black middle class started to grow. 
Um, and then Kwanzaa allowed for the middle class blacks to feel connected when, when they were isolated in white communities. 10 million Americans were celebrating African Americans, by the way, were celebrating Kwanzaa by 1995, but in the mid 2000s, the hype down, died down. So now only about 2% of black Americans celebrated, but we gonna celebrate it this year. All right. All right. That part. Um, so yeah, um, we chose pieces to represent the seven days of Kwanzaa, um, and their principles. So we'll explain the principles as we go along. Um, because like the seven letters of Kwanzaa, the seven days, seven principles theme. Um, so we, we're going to share the set, the first day because there's one, an obvious piece that should go on the first day and two, it splits evenly. We'll do three. I do three. Katie does three, um, after that. So. Um, so the first day of Kwanzaa is Umoja, which means unity um, in Swahili. Um, and as you guys may have heard on this show or other shows, um, Valerie Coleman, one of uh, the founding uh, flutist of the Imani Winds, has uh, and a composer, she's composed a piece called Umoja. So I'm going to play a little bit of Imani Winds performing that piece. We don't deserve. It's simply the truth. It's simply the truth. Do not. I mean that part. Um. Okay, so the second day of Kwanzaa. I'm gonna do the second, third, and fourth days, and then Katie will do five, six, seven. Um. So the second day of Kwanzaa is Kuji Chagulia. I'm gonna say that one more time for you guys because you can never ever say Kuji Chagulia without someone saying what. <laughs> So, <laughs> actually, the the good the the <clears throat> convenient thing about about Swahili is pretty much everything is exactly what it what it looks like. Yeah. Um. So it's like there's nothing. So could you if you just look at the word, um. It's it's what it it looks like. Kuji Chakulia. Um. Okay. So Kuji Chakulia means self determination. How? That's you just deal with linguists be doing how by doing that uh, yeah okay sure um so uh kuji chagulia means self-determination in swahili um and i mean these the the i'll get a little bit more into this after after the intermission i guess <laughs> <laughs> um about like um the the principles but essentially the principles are these um things that relate to the like african diaspora so like self-determination obviously is a a broad term and can be applied to a bunch of different things but of course for kwanzaa it's in the context of like black people so for self-determination i chose a piece by florence price called don't you tell me no um and the piece is actually pretty like light-hearted it's not like 
and don't tell us no for the rights of a of black American. Like it's not it's not like that, but I just still thought mm-hmm. it embodied, you know, um mm-hmm. self determination. So By the way, that was Christine Jobson singing um, on her album, Nearly Lost Art Songs by Florence Price. Um, so, yeah, um, that is Kuchi Chagulia. So, the next day, how many days am I doing? Oh, because I did emoji. I was like, I feel like I'm doing a lot. But <laughs> <laughs> and we also often switch back and forth. Yeah, that's what I was, I was like. We should probably should have. But, oh, well. Um, so, the next day is Ujima. Um, and Ujima uh, means collective work and responsibility. Um, so for for Jima, um, I picked a piece called "The Negro Speaks of Rivers" um, by Margaret Bonds, um, and the reason why I picked this piece is because the music is by Margaret Bonds, but it's set to a poem uh, by Langston Hughes, um, and Margaret Bonds and Langston Hughes had uh, a friendship during like the Harlem Renaissance where they were both uh, very active, um, and but they had a, a a close friendship and also a um, a close relationship in in terms of like collaborating in their art forms and so I just thought that like um it really embodied collective work and responsibility because they both contributed a lot to like the black black culture and uplifting black culture furthering black culture and putting more um of our experiences into art um which is the prime example of collective work um and responsibility Okay, playing it on silent so you all can hear it. <laughs> Just reflect on that. Right.
all right so that was the negro speaks of rivers um okay and then the last day that i will be doing is ujama um and ujama stands for cooperative economics so when i saw this i was like okay when i realized i was like when i realized i was doing ujama i was like how am i going yeah cooperative economics sounds hard for a (laughs) yeah um for a piece of music so you could have played money by cardi b that part i considered doing a non uh a non-classical piece actually because i was like okay me not um not realize that's our classical music Uh, that part sound sound classic to me sound right classic to me yeah classic bougie ratchet that's what she that's what meg said that part um okay so for for um okay not the thing acting out for for ujama um collective work i mean you hear me what what am i saying we were just talking about this we were just talking about trying to talk too fast trying to do too much but at least you sound like you thinking i'll be we'll see um okay (laughs) okay so i picked a piece called if you're so smart why aren't you rich um you sound like them dudes on on Twitter. <laughs> well, this by Julius Eastman, um, and it's funny. It's only coincidentally about um about money. Um, I mean, sometimes you really gotta ask people if, if you're so smart, why aren't you rich? Because I remember mm-hmm. I had I know somebody who was trying to say Cardi B, her is not music, and and anybody could do that, and, and she has no talent, and and who, who it's not just she's not special, and and I could do that if I wanted to, and I was like, so then why are so you why still connect? Why are you still collecting your check from Office Depot every other week? And there ain't nothing wrong with what. Ain't nothing wrong with working at Office Depot, but wait, did you tell them that? Yes, very because, good. Because Cardi B is a millionaire, so like, if very much. So I'm just like, and and also that just triggers me saying stuff that is saying something that's not music triggers me because yeah. classical music. So, and and they love to act like stuff. And this person was not even in classical music, but whatever. Um, I also picked this because um, cooperative economics is something that. Uh, we as a community really struggle with um and i think more than most other ones there are reasons for that not it's not just all black people don't want to buy from black businesses it's not just that um Mm -hmm. it's also like obviously if the um there are um there's more just capital in other communities like of course it's it's a white person buying from amazon is cooperative economics for white people you know literally (laughs) so it's like it's not the same but also Mm -hmm. it's like when you look at it was on the 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 actual stats were on an episode of trigger warning by killer mike actually the first episode if you want to see them but it was talking about how long the dollar circulates in certain communities and for like for like the asian community it was like 20 something days white community was probably a little bit more than that for the black community it was like six hours it was like it's like crazy so for cooperative economics i picked this piece also because julius eastman a national treasure um he died alone and his yeah. um at the end of his life he he died in there wasn't even a public notice of his death until like you know like mm-hmm. i don't know exactly how long after but it wasn't it wasn't immediate you know mm-hmm. like it was just like oh julius eastman died like you know like after the fact mm-hmm. um and i just think that like cooperative economics a part of that is like uplifting um like 
our artists and and the people that contribute to our culture in mm-hmm. in supporting them um in numbers uh, both financial and you know are showing up for them so this is if you're so smart why aren't you rich get over to Catherine all right so the next day is Nia which means purpose and the piece that I um chose for this was uh William Grant Stills Afro-American Symphony now I know that this piece has been mentioned and played on this program before but I think um what he William Grant Stills is one of the composers that I will always always admire because he was a man of many firsts and I mean they call him the Dina Afro American music and the reason why I chose this piece um specifically is because of the power it has like it was the first piece to be performed by um an American orchestra like he really paved the way for um for other black classical musicians that to come after him i mean florence price sorry tt flo came shortly after her him with um her premiere of her first symphony um with the chicago symphony orchestra so um we're talking about a man of purpose um within classical music um yeah i thought that this was very appropriate i'm gonna play the fourth movement um titled aspiration also tying into this idea of nia oops I'm a poet. I don't even know it. Um, Here is the fourth movement of the Afro-American Symphony titled Aspiration. was right you hear me (laughs) come on all right (laughs) (laughs) okay the next day is kumba um and kumba means creativity and um this day was a little hard for me i mean not not too hard but a little hard um 
expanded Kumba is to do as much as we can in the way we can in order to leave our community more beautiful and beneficial than we inherited it. And this got me thinking about um, Scott Joplin because of how of how he was a luminary of ragtime music. He stuck to that. He really he took um, the origins of what people had set up in St. Louis. It was created. Uh, ragtime music was really started in St. Louis, created by black people. And he took music of black people and he he kind of brought it to the forefront and built his whole brand there I say on ragtime music which was also a prerequisite for a lot of other music like jazz and junk like that um and yeah I picked the piece uh let me find it I should have made a playlist but you know let me spell this <laughs> okay so I picked the piece called the Chrysanthemum, Chrysanthemum <laughs> by Scott Joplin. Um, and it's a nod to traditional classical music um, because the full name is like for, hold up. The full name, <clears throat> uh-uh, what's going on? Okay, anyway, I'm just gonna play the piece. <laughs> I'm gonna play the one to play. I'm gonna play the piece. <laughs> I was trying to say when I was getting all <laughs> tongue tied is that it's a nod to classical traditional classical music in its name. It's like chrysanthemum for like intermezzo or something, and that's only it's only a name. I mean, the this particular piece is a little bit more chromatic than a typical rag would be, but um, yeah, Period. that's that. Scotty had y'all throwing it back in the parlor, huh? Period. There. I feel like I stand by we gotta do something on this where it's like there's no untorkable music Delaney was bent over her desk <laughs> like I would I would go to grave with that there is nothing you can't work to there was this one song that somebody was like try to dance to this and it was like it was just one of those that was just random had no beat like so stuff like that it was actually I've never heard a song that was difficult for me to like dang I really don't know what to do to this but I forget where I saw it that's the only one cause we could that's hilarious I'm, I'm, we can prove y'all wrong okay the last piece the last day rather you hear me just classical music all through my brain my veins can't get no rest um <laughs> <laughs> the last day is Amani uh which means faith um and I thought I really liked this um I really liked 
this particular uh, definition rather to believe with all our hearts in our people, our parents, our teachers, our leaders, and the righteousness and victory of our struggle. And something about black people is just always so inspiring because it's like no matter what happens to us, we always maintain this sense of optimism, which is I feel like no other people has had to do or can do. And it's just, it could be really inspiring. It's very tiring. But one thing about black people, we're going to have a good time and we're going to figure it out. And um, one piece that always, one piece is a song. One song that always makes me really emotional um, is We Shall Overcome. Because like, when you think about the words and stuff, it's like people like literally in the civil rights movement, people are singing this while people are getting like holes down and stuff. And also to see that we haven't made that much progress since then and but the fact that like people are still hopeful that one day like there will be a reckoning like one day like we really might overcome this is like really beautiful because I've noticed myself getting less optimistic and I feel I want to work on that because I used to be such an optimistic person but um yeah this this uh song right here like makes me emotional almost every time this is three spirituals uh, for a string trio by Dolphy Wolfie Hill Stork and the mm, first movement. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. This name. Oh, only for the people who don't know. Let me say it again. Three spirituals for a string quartet by Adolphus Hill Stork. Right. Um, this is the first movement called We Shall Overcome. <laughs> One day you're gonna send a cease and desist to me, but I will welcome it. All right, here we go. I didn't get to Beverly's part yet, but you know, she had that thing, thing, period. Oh, yeah, this is an Ambrosia quartet. I mean, it's a trio, but you know what it is. It's be. on their album. Know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beverly B. Beverly. What elite. You hear me? I don't even know. Birds of a feather. Kind of flock with her. So, what are we talking about? Anyway, I've mm-hmm. seen you flock hmm. with her. So, what did you say? I've seen you flock with her. You've never seen me flock with her. I literally have. 
Anyway. Yeah, quabbling in her presence. Unworthy to speak to her. Any further things on that? No? I've spoken my piece. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so about Kwanzaa, I, the reason why, I mean, the reason why we're doing a Kwanzaa episode is one, because we're celebrating Kwanzaa, so that's the first one but also um just to talk a little bit more about the significance of kwanzaa because it is like like katie said in the statistics what was it two percent of yeah. black americans celebrate kwanzaa so um it's really just awareness um and getting getting the word out about like what the holiday is about and why people should celebrate why black people should celebrate it um because I just feel like there's a lot of mystery around it because a lot of people will be like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Christian. So, and it's just like, first and foremost, Kwanzaa is not a religious holiday. So, yeah. uh, and I think that's a, I think especially around, around the holiday season, because there's all this, um, you know, we say happy holidays to be inclusive of what people celebrate. And beca- and the reason for that is because there are religious holidays around this time that people just automatically associate um that mm-hmm. with with this holiday season that's probably a part of it um even though i mean if you look at other holidays that we celebrate in this country not all of them are tied to religion but um uh so so kwanzaa is not it doesn't really matter what religious um background you have as long as you're black you can celebrate kwanzaa and as long as you're black right you should celebrate kwanzaa so um that being that um yeah so i'm gonna talk a little bit about because the reason why we're stressing um as long as you're black is because i feel like this question has come up before about whether or not or like or about white people celebrating kwanzaa or anybody who's not black celebrating kwanzaa and you know what that's about so like i said kwanzaa is not a religious holiday but it is a cultural holiday so if you are not black to me it doesn't make sense for you to celebrate kwanzaa yeah, especially with like especially like what what it centers like it centers blackness it's about like it's it's like specific in a lot of ways to african-americans it's like and tied into our struggle in this country what you you said like burning you being well, th- at the well, forefront of the struggle well like just well the african diaspora as a whole i think it's a point to like of of kwanzaa i think the reason why it was established here is because i feel like in in a lot of ways black americans are are the most removed from the the african diaspora so that's why it was like created over here and like um centered over here but i think i mean it's not centered over here it's centered in blackness in general and that's kind of the point is connecting the the diaspora Mm -hmm. and which is um um like why it's kind of it kind of mixes um different aspects of of black culture um so and but there are also like i people are like oh well the 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 principles and that can apply to this this and that but it's like under the context of the holiday it is for the african diaspora like self-determination for the african diaspora right cooperative economics for the African diaspora like you know and so like Katie said yeah it just doesn't make sense there are other reasons why I feel it doesn't make sense one of them is obviously all of the the tools and the the um principles themselves a lot of the words that you use to describe the celebration of Kwanzaa are in Swahili um Mm -hmm. um and Swahili is 
an accessible language, especially for um, for us who and it's spoken in a lot of places. It's one of the most spoken African languages too, but um, it's also accessible in that, like I said, it's it's very easy to to pronounce and to you know get acclimated with. It's one of the easiest African language African languages for English speakers to learn how to speak too. Um, also, other things um, that are significant um, to the to the Black diaspora is and I'm realizing I'm on a podcast y'all can't see me I'm over here turning around pointing to stuff um <laughs> <laughs> so the canara which is the candle holder that you use that you put oh, your you candles in oh yeah it's over it's on my it's on my shelf it um I need to and, see my and not necessarily the canara but actually the um the the candles that go in the canara they represent the seven principles which in Swahili is unguzo saba which uh, means seven well seven principles but backwards um how so you know lingu- you don't have to know anything in any other language to be a linguist so it doesn't make so that doesn't make sense just to translate things don't make you a linguist that's not what okay poly okay poly god how you know what poly means yep multiple no okay. english swahili spanish okay I, none of which i speak barely english you don't barely what are, what are we talking about with the Canara? What are we talking Be- about? Belly. What were you yeah. talking about with the Canara? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the candles, um, as you as you can see, you cannot see. This is a podcast. Okay, if you were to Google one, you could see that the candles are uh, <laughs> are uh, red, black, and green, and um, those represent the Pan African flag. Um, so Kiki is just popular today. How am I popular? You literally getting blown. Your phone is getting blown up during the podcast. So. Um, but they represent the Pan-African flag and those col- those colors of the Pan-African flag, red, black, and green, have significance to um, our community. Um, red is for the blood um, that was shed for like our struggle, our ancestors. Black is for our skin. Um, and then green is, it signifies a couple of things. It can signify the, the earth from which we get life and the hope and the faith that pushes us forward. So um, those are the... Um, the this those are the colors that represent Kwanzaa and why they're significant to black people specifically and also um the order in which um they're lit on the canara like the black the black candle was in the middle um and that's the first one that you light because it's saying like because since it's black for the skin that means like the people come first like they come mm-hmm. before the struggle they come before everything you know that has that has um i don't want to say plagued us but like <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. everything that we've been through like we are still the most um the most important is it's most important to lift us up as a people um that also was that the, there was one other thing besides the next the last thing i want to stress about why quanta is important but i think that's that's the only thing um about the about the the candles and the and the flags specifically um another big thing that i don't think people read into a lot but you know i'll be i'll be reading into a lot of stuff um about kwanzaa is the um the clothing so a lot of people will wear dashikis when they celebrate kwanzaa and i think that the dashiki has a huge huge significance when it comes to uniting the the african diaspora because of its origins so the dashiki was first was first introduced to black americans in the late 1960s um and this was of course civil rights movement is going on um the civil rights act was was passed a couple years before that and um the black is beautiful movement is starting to 
to to erupt mm-hmm. in the in the United States, um, and that's black people rejecting Eurocentric beauty uh, standards. People are starting to go natural. They're wearing afros. Um, the Black Panthers are are uh, rising in popularity. Um, you know, there's just a lot of uh, of black magazines, fashion magazines featuring black models, black hair products. All of these things are are um, are rising in popularity in black communities here in the United States. Also, something that happens during this time is the very first president of Ghana, uh, Kwame Nkrumah, comes to visit the White House, which is obviously a huge, huge deal. But this is a historic visit. First president of Ghana, you know, and um, and he's wearing a dashiki. So that's like the first time that a lot of people over here in America have seen a dashiki. So they see this influential, this revolutionary black man in the White House, the, you mm-hmm. know, the the the. I mean, now it's really nothing. But you know, the the, the highest John place, Lusty. right? That you can that you can go to in this country. There's a powerful black man, and he is it's standing firmly in his blackness, being yeah. um, revolutionary, dressing, looking black, not you know, he, bringing all of this rich culture over from from um, the motherland to to the United States, and all these people who have been here for generations black people who have been here for generations and had their history erased and um and and you know and stripped away from them are seeing this and it's just like oh my gosh so the dashiki kind of like boomed in the united states after that because mm-hmm. of because of that so i think the the dashiki represents the first time a lot of black americans really connected to to africa you know, mm-hmm. like it became really, really popular and it, and it represents the first time a lot of black Americans. I mean, we have our own heroes over here, you know, people who who um, who, you know, were prominent figures over here. But also that connection to Africa was not so much um, was not, you know, so so solid. Um, and it's mm-hmm. still, you know, the, the it's broken in some places, but um this is also around the time, obviously, that, that Kwanzaa was started. So I think that the significance of the dashiki is one that cannot be overlooked when it comes to why Kwanzaa is important for black mm-hmm. people to celebrate. Um, because I think that, that diasporic, like, unity is not always stressed because we are so, so different. And and a lot of people resent that whole, like, us coming together as a, di- um, a diaspora because a lot of people do see black people as a monolith and there's so much diversity within blackness mm-hmm. you know that it's like i understand people wanting to maintain their their identity you know i'm caribbean i'm europe i'm from europe or whatever um i'm from <laughs> i didn't mean to say it like that sorry y'all <laughs> sorry y'all, sorry y'all, sorry y'all. um uh, you know i'm african i'm american you know like i understand like people there because all of those even within those huge things you know how many different cultures exist in the caribbean in africa um mm-hmm. in america you know there's so many subcultures in within like within those and i understand people wanted to maintain that identity but um i also think that it's important that um we that we take this time seven days out of your year to really, really hone in on what brings us together as a, as you know, one. Um, um, what am I trying to say? Yep, that's one. <laughs> no, I feel like I definitely I, like feel that. I think it'd be dope if we could if we could get to a, spot, a place like that because the that that, that, that okay. <laughs> oh my freaking goodness! <laughs> Why do we have a podcast? We can neither. I don't speak. know. 
especially, <laughs> especially like we've done 112 of these joints and like they did all that, sound that, like that did that, did that. <laughs> like what the heck <laughs> ah, what are we gonna wake up and no one's listening to this and then like where where would the surprise be not with me um i feel like it's it would be difficult for me like to see the, the diaspora like unifying completely just because of like my point of view because i see divisiveness like from my side you know it's like you know jamaicans historically like oh we don't mess with haitians oh we don't do this like within like I, i've had nigerian friends be like oh we don't really mess with Ghanaians you know what I'm saying like there's there's so much dissension within but like how dope would it be if we could like you know figure it out mm-hmm. but you know I, I'm gonna start because I'm gonna bring my family gonna be confused but I got my little Kanara on its way like I'm gonna bring Kwanzaa right up into uh I almost said my address why am I so see when you're, when you're extra <laughs> <laughs> I'm bring that gem right to Evanston right period and bring your Marcus Garvey poster too M- my uh <laughs> that's y'all here I have my reservations about him but can't see why <laughs> but I could never my uncles I could never say that I would be hung and, and flogged <laughs> like you can't I'm pretty sure uh, I wasn't my business but I'm pretty sure my uncle one of my uncles on notice has um has a picture of Marcus Garvey in his house like like a like I got one. You know well, okay, it's not a picture. It's it's on. He's on the cover of a book that I own. It's not the same thing. But <laughs> Douglas Brown has in his den has a portrait of Marcus Garvey. You Catherine. cannot tell him anything about Marcus Garvey. Not so and different. I feel like you it, and I. <laughs> he he he. Marcus Garvey. He, nah, actually, no. Let me not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, if you start, I'm, I'm, I'm right behind you. Yeah, never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. But I do, I do have Except my reservations about bad. Marcus Garvey. But yeah, there's some. I, I, I don't say them around my uncles. They're, he's a Jamaican hero, allegedly. <laughs> yeah, some, you know, some of his, some of the ideas that he held were a little separatist. But you know, I mean, yeah. So that, that that's that's why we're we're, we're we <laughs> treading lightly. We're, we won't ever elaborate in this department. Yeah, we're, we're treading lightly with with Marcus Garvey. I think he's one of those one of those figures that people are like, yeah, yeah, and then he says something, and you're like, well, hold on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of those on 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 the on the on the verge, and I don't even think a complete unification. And like where we're all just merged together like that's not even necessary there, you know because it's, it's like the differences like there's no there's no issue with having like distinct differences but also you gotta realize like we all black ain't nobody gonna you know you're not gonna get pulled over but like oh you Jamaican oh never mind yeah, like that's gonna really be irritating like I, I used to um I used to keep up with what are their names you see I even done forgot their names you know the couple I'm talking about they used to make them ki- them skits they're famous. They're they're it's they're Instagram famous. Why am I blanking on their names? I used to mess with them heavy, especially at the beginning of the year. I don't like them skit type of thing, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, I mean, what is his name? It's gonna kill me because it, it's gonna put it in the context for people who know what I'm talking about. They, 
Kadeen. Kadeen and oh, Devout and and what the Val? Oh my God! I used to rock with them heavy. This guy, I just like yeah. fell off of them like it, to the point like I just scroll past their stuff. Yeah, I just got like a, kind of annoyed. But I think I over listened to their podcast at the beginning of quarantine, so now I'm just kind of good on on them for now. Maybe I'll fall back in. But when he was dating Kadeen at the beginning, um, Kadeen's parents one is Jamaican, one is got the other island St. Kitts maybe I don't know and um they got into an argument like the Val got into an argument with her, his parents because Jamaican a lot of a lot of like Caribbean I can only speak for Caribbeans have this mindset that like if I want to piss off one of my uncles I could just say that what what are we selling for the July 4 what is there to be celebrating if I want to make them mad because they have this idea that they came and they figured it out and how come everybody else can't figure it out and the Val made a good point about how y'all y'all like black people have a different fight here and it's like caribbeans have a hard time in my experience let me just be specific jamaicans have a hard time in my experience with that because it's like they don't care about the whole racism thing because they 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 are leaving poverty and and lack of opportunities and not saying like jamaica's the land of squalors (laughs) it's not but it's you have to have you must have money in jamaica that's like it's like you know in america it's like you must have money but you could take out loans but you could da, da, da. you mm. you must have money in jamaica period like that's it if you don't have money i want to tell you and so they're escaping that and coming here they don't care about the little racism they don't care about the little this you know it's just a little, little racism you know you know it's like that's why like when i be looking dumb on fourth of july when they're like you're not gonna barbecue i'm like for what why don't we barbecue yesterday or tomorrow like i'm just confused and so what me and my cousin monica be like so (laughs) yeah i feel like yeah it's and even even within a bit like not my i think that like people just get so used to you know like what yeah yeah they just they just get so used to like um life this way that they can't really imagine like past it because my my grandma doesn't really like obviously you know she you know she she know what's up but even some stuff like she she doesn't like read into stuff like i do like when i didn't celebrate the fourth of july this year and i was looking at her sideways because you know you know how my grandma does for holidays my grandma every holiday her whole house is when he showed me i was like bro the whole house is a thing and it used to be more than that because but now that she's older she can't like she you know she used to put christmas she used to put lights up stuff spiders on top of her house for halloween and like like yeah all kind of stuff but now she doesn't do quite that much anymore like this year i don't even think she's putting her stockings up for christmas she has a lot of other stuff up but she Mm -hmm. last year she didn't have a tree which was unheard of because she has the best ornaments out of everybody but um she she um had all her fourth of july stuff out all the plates for whatever holiday is the plates are that theme the everything is that theme mm-hmm. and i was just like and i was explaining explaining to her why i don't celebrate the fourth of july and how we wasn't free in 1776 and um she was or like, now right she was like well I, she was like well i've been free since 1942 i was like there was literally segregation in 1942 <laughs> 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 there were restaurants and water fountains you could not drink it like that's yeah. not that's freedom now she's having to move no, okay i'm not gonna put her but well, it's not even her business you're t- not having to move out of your house because people's throwing rocks through your window like you know now she's yeah. being chased home from school like <laughs> girl what 
<laughs> it's not freedom. Like some, some people be like, well, she just wants, she might be like, just like, I just want to celebrate. Like, it's fun. Yeah. I used to be like that way back when I was like in high school and stuff. I, and when I would get on Instagram, everybody like, we wasn't free. I'd be like, girl, we just eating ribs. Like, <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> Now, I mean, I will still take the ribs. I don't think we barbecued on. We might have because we missed Juneteenth. One, because we had barbecued soon before that. And two, because we have a black neighbor who lives across the street and he passed away the day before Juneteenth. And we were supposed to celebrate with that family. And so it was, you know, we was going to be, hey, Juneteenth over here. And he literally passed away. So um, that's the reason why we didn't, why we didn't celebrate Juneteenth like that this year. But yeah. Yeah, I think, I think black people do, do too much, um, looking past for me and it's like i i can understand that it's not black and white and cut and dry and i also can understand that it could be like a survival mechanism mm-hmm. but like i feel like we could just start drawing lines somewhere like i'm not celebrating the fourth of july like i'm just not i'm not doing it and it's like i just and I, not to be like just hop on the i almost said what joey be calling it this year not to hop on that train (laughs) not to hop on that train i've been wanting to celebrate um kwanzaa literally for a couple of years now i would say at least since college and every year every year like i just i'm always underprepared every single year i'll be like all right i'm gonna get the look first of all the lady put me onto etsy which i knew about etsy but i didn't think to look for kanara on there because i wanted to to uh I was gonna buy it on Amazon, and the junk is like eighty dollars. And every year I don't have eighty dollars, so I was so that plus me being underprepared, like. But this year I'm ready, and also and like, being able yeah. to get it from a black person too. On right, right. So it's like I just feel like there are certain things that we could, certain things I just cannot like. I would not be standing for nobody's national anthem because I feel like, um, Jamel made a good point. I know people don't. I know people don't like Jamel. I love her. Um, Jamel made a good point is like the difference with the USA is the fact that out of all the other countries that have terrible past, we are the only one that still celebrate, you know, our down, like our dark histories. Like when you go to Germany, ain't no roads named after Nazis, ain't no buildings named after Nazis. And it's like, when you come to America, it's like, it's very much like, let's just cover it up and not say what it is. Like, that there should, there's no reason why Edmund Pettus should have a bridge. There's no, there's no reason for that. And it's an and argument. It's, right. They can't even, like, unsee it. And it's like, it's illegal to fly a Nazi flag. Like, Germany over here looking at us, like, in, in shock and horror. Because it's like, it's illegal to fly a Nazi flag over there. But it's like, the ignorance and the open hatred in America, it's like, why do we have to come here? We have cousins in England. Anyway, um, <laughs> like I think about that all the time. <laughs> like back when immigration was easier, and on, my grandpa's sister, okay. <laughs> like, and my grandpa's sister brought me here. Not me, I was born here, but my grandpa's sister brought them here. So mm-hmm. We have cousins in England. <laughs> like we could have gone, and I feel like I'm in the wrong country anyway because I I, I drink three to four cups of tea a day. I would have fit right in. Uh-huh. Like anyway, it's just like the ignorance of americans is is a partial reason why we i just don't ever see a, okay i just said about hope and stuff but i just it's hard for me rather to wrap my mind around seeing significant change because it's like no one wants to have the hard conversation and we have idiots 
and hateful people wanting to hold up the the past of America. There's nothing in America's past to be proud of. And then when um people this week, I'm not gonna say too much when when we saw what happened in Indiana. Sorry, we recorded this episode like way. <laughs> when we saw what was happening, what happened in Indiana with that with that trial that ended in um in a death penalty being carried out, people are like oh this is unjust like this is such an injustice and this is this is uh the the system failed him the system is doing exactly what it was set up to do when hamilton people and that's a that's a hard thing because i I just got on the show a couple weeks ago talking about hamilton how much i love it and blase blase but it's like it almost like for them two hours it almost like confuses you you almost like feel like a sense of like patriotism and like hamilton and he did all this stuff hamilton didn't want people to be enslaved he, but he never envisioned black people being equal to to white people. So when you see things happening to black people, when you see all the stuff, like it was designed this way. This is a well-oiled machine. Congratulations. We are seeing exactly how it's supposed to be working. So it's just like when you see all this stuff, it's like, I don't know. My little tangent's over because I forgot what, how I got there. But, um, Yep blacky black black i'm still gonna celebrate christmas but that's not have anything to do with color and but yeah get my little, get my little candles i'm gonna order them on friday all it means is your holiday season is is a little bit extended it's like because a mm-hmm. lot of people have a break between christmas and new year's but it literally goes right up to new year's day so mm-hmm. um yeah but period kwanzaa like katie would say or Medea oh, you know, would say, you know, I realized that it's it's like a, okay on Urban Dictionary it's a bad word, so that's why I never sent you. It's like a slur. <gasps> Katie. <laughs> Period. Kwanzaa. Yep. All right. Anyway, <laughs> I'm so done with Katie. We'll talk about show. it after. It's time for Black Excellence where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props because there's room for everyone at the top this week. Oh, it's not my week. Mm-hmm. Let me just write that down. No one would know, but I was like appalled and then I got distracted. Okay, can you do the, the thing again? It's time for Black Excellence where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props because there's room for everyone at the top. We talking about Delaney. Okay, so this week Black Excellence is a suggestion. Period. Okay. Um. So, um, we got a Black Excellence suggestion for violinist and violist Monica K. Davis. Uh, so she's out here. She has recorded for a film, for television, for contemporary uh, composers, for recording artists. Um, she's uh, toured with a number of acclaimed singers, um, including Diana Ross. I was like, okay, okay. period. She's performed on Saturday Night Live uh, at the Tony Awards, Live from Lincoln Center, The Today Show, The Tonight Show uh, with Jimmy Fallon, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. So she just be up. Right. Um, she's uh, uh, performed with Audra McDonald, Solange, many, many, many other um, people. Um, so she's 
also performed at a lot of um, other different things outside of like the recording uh, area and, and show business and things. Um, she's recorded with Guggenheim's Work in Process series, um, the Spoleto Festival. Um, she's also a chamber musician, so she's performed Dang. with, with uh, Bronx Arts Ensemble, um, Harlem Chamber Players, Saratoga Chamber Players. Um, she's also the first violinist of the Oslo String Quartet. Um, and they've performed a number of new works, premiered a number of new works, um, including a ja- uh, a double quartet of the jazz trumpeter Ambrose Akinmusire. I'm so sorry if I butchered your name. Um, but um, she also has joined the New Jersey Symphony Orchestra um, as a, a member of their of uh, their violin section. Um, so she okay. did right. She did that for the 2018, 2019 uh, season, and then, um, you know, she she's out here busy, booked and also busy. So, um, she's also performed with a number of other um, orchestras: the American Symphony Orchestra, the New York City Ballet Orchestra. Um, she's also. It's funny that you just mentioned you Hamilton. Mean also, right. It's funny that you just mentioned Hamilton because she um she's also um is on the theater scene. Um, she's played in over 15 Broadway and off-Broadway shows, um, recorded on a number of the cast albums, um, and she's also um, a member of the band for Hamilton, uh, the musical. Oh. Um, and last but not least, of course, you know, she was out here uh, getting, getting degreed. So she holds degrees from Columbia University and the Manhattan School of Music. So, of course, of course, I will link her um, her socials and her beautiful website. She has this dress on that is just like so so pretty um, on her website. So I link that so y'all can so y'all can check her out. And thank you for the suggestion. Period. That means people do listen to the end. Okay. Have my uh, words about that. Not worries, cause like, come on. <laughs> but you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, my piece of the week I already mentioned is three spirituals for a string trio. Um, I was gonna say it's three movements, but it's also in the name. Um, three movements for a spring, string trio. What? Three spirituals for mm-hmm. a string trio by Adolphus Hailstork. Mm. Okay, Dolphy Wolfie. Um, so that's my piece of the week. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classic Black Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, a black excellence suggestion, or an intervention suggestion, send to Classic Black Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to check us out at classicblackpodcast.com. Also, don't forget to join and donate to the International Society for Black Musicians. You can follow us on all socials at IS Black Musicians and check out our website, isblackmusicians.com. Period. Talk to y'all next week or whatever. Bye, y'all. Bye.